Anyway, I, um, I just kept hearing the word stand. And I don't know when I started hearing the word stand because Richard just mentioned something to me on Tuesday about ministering tonight. And so I, I was hearing the word stand, you know, which is really important for us as a believer to be able to withstand and stand and then stand some more. Amen? And so um, as, uh, as I, I, I kept thinking about Jehoshaphat, now, I had taught about him a long time ago. I thought, I need to go read. Why are we talking about Jehoshaphat to me, Lord? Why are you talking to me? So I went over and read. And so, wouldn't you know, Jehoshaphat had to do some standing. So <laughs> anyway, so that's how the combination of everything came about tonight. So we're going to be looking primarily at Second Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles 20, we're going to be talking about Jehoshaphat. And in this, there, there will be, and I'll let you know what the steps are to be able to stand in the midst of a situation or stand. No matter what the circumstance is, no, how, uh, no matter how big it is or how small it is, these steps you'll be able to apply in your life. And I like to do that. I like to give you the steps to make it simple for us as a believer to be able to not only hear the word, to be a doer of the word, to be able to walk it out and to be able to walk into victory because he has made that way through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, so if you've all got to Chronicles 20, verse 1, we're just going to start down through here and then, of course, I will, I will share along as we go. Verse 1, 2 Chronicles 20. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Munites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, this is verse 2, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. Now this is just not a multitude, but it's a great multitude. And so this was a big situation. This is a tough thing. Okay, great multitudes coming against you from beyond the sea out of Aram. And behold, therein has a Zeratamara. <laughs> this is in Gerudai. And Jehoshaphat, verse 3, was afraid. Now, he, didn't, he wasn't telling anybody he was afraid, but he was afraid. And he turned his attention to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And, and so... First of all, there was a great multitude, which in my, it, to me would represent healing or, or sickness. I mean, sickness and disease, uh, financial situations, um, sin, issues of sin, whatever that is that would be coming against you. That great multitude would represent that. So keep that in mind as we go down through here. That great multitude, it can be sickness in your body, it can be financial woes, it can be alcohol. It could be drug abuse, whatever the great multitude is that is coming against you, okay? All right, so, and then um, Jehoshaphat was uh, afraid or was gripped by fear or terror at this sight or what he had heard. Um, but see what he did right away? He turned his attention to the Lord. He did not set his mind on the fear and the woe is me business or the cares and anxieties of it, but he set his mind 
to seek the Lord. He set his attention on the Lord. And so if you look at uh, several verses in the New Testament where it says to set your mind on things above, that's what needs to happen. You know, when you see this great multitude coming at you, you want to set your mind on God's promises. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on what God has told you and set your mind on the promises he's given you. Amen? That's what you set your mind on, not on the thing that's coming at you or the thing that's already here or the thing that you're withstanding. Your victory is in, is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, so verse 3, And Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And, and you can set your mind on things above. So we can, we as believers right now, we can, uh, we have the ability to pray in the Spirit. We have the Holy Ghost who's been given to us so that we can have our prayer language and pray in the Spirit. And worship, we can worship and we can meditate on the word and we can fast. Now, they didn't have those things back then, but those are things that we can do as a believer right now. Amen? And so um, Jehoshaphat was really um, wise in setting that, uh, telling everybody that they needed to fast. Because what does fasting do? Fasting quiets your flesh. So if Jehoshaphat was gripped in fear and he's the head, everybody else knew that what was going on. And so what they did is when he proclaimed that fast, he got everybody to stop being in the flesh because fasting will take you out of the flesh and get you back into the spirit because your spirit man has the opportunity to be a dominant. Now, they didn't have that, but we do. And so we have the opportunity. When we fast, your spirit man... Of course, along with fasting, you'd be praying in spirit and reading the word, but your spirit man has the opportunity to ascend and become full of life and become full of hope and become full of peace and become full of joy, all the things that have been given to us in, in his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. So it's really important for us. That would be the very first thing that we need to do when we're coming out of trouble or when we're faced with a great multitude, a situation. Everybody understands what I mean by a, a great multitude, don't you? Okay. Okay, so that's set your mind on things above, and you do that by fasting, by meditating the word, by praying in the spirit, and by a worship. Worship. Okay. Um, verse 4 now. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. And um, they, they were longing for, they had a longing in their heart to hear what the Lord had to say. They were putting him first place in this situation instead of wringing their hands and crying out in fear. Amen. So they were to seek, to ask, to request, and um, to ask the Lord for help. And I, I, as I was looking at that, I was thinking of Philippians. And if you want to turn there, you can, but you've heard me talk about Philippians 4 before, uh, more in depth than I am going to tonight. But Philippians 4, um, 6 says, to be anxious or to be careful, to be, anx be anxious for nothing or be careful for nothing or to take no thought, okay? Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests or your exact requests be known unto God. 
okay? So, so in, in, in seeking help from the Lord, we want to cast the care upon him because he cares for you, and that's dealing with all the thoughts too. That's not just casting the care, but it's dealing with your thought life and getting your thought life subjected to the lordship of Jesus, amen? Okay, so ask the Lord for help. Be careful or anxious, take no thought. Um, um, pray in the Spirit again. He's our helper. Our Holy, the Holy Spirit has come to help us and to lead us and guide us into all truth. Now, like I said, Jehoshaphat, they didn't have the help of the Holy Spirit. They had to depend upon, they had to depend upon the, the prophet or the priest or the king to hear from the Lord, and they, they just had to do what they were told to do by them. Amen? And so, but we, each one of us, has been given the help of the Holy Spirit. He is here to help us. And I, and I mean, it doesn't make any difference to me if I get up every time and I say the Holy Spirit's here to help us. I think that is so needful that the church needs to know that, needs to hear that over and over and over and over and over because so much of the time we turn to what we see going on, what we feel going on, what we hear going on instead of to the, the Spirit or the Holy Spirit to help us deal with what is going on. Amen? Okay, verse 5. Um, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, verse 6. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, art thou not God in the heavens? And art thou not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might in thy hand, so that no one can stand against thee. So no one can stand against thee. Amen. So let's look at Isaiah um, 40, 43, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 26. Now, when, in that verse that we just read, Jehoshaphat is declaring the greatness of God and all, all the good things he's done. Um, and he's declaring it not only before God, but to the God congregation. God, um, art thou not ruler over all the kingdoms and the nations? Power and might are in thy hand so that no one can stand against you. Well, in, in um, Isaiah 43, 26, it says, God's saying, put me in remembrance. Let us argue our case together. State your cause that you may be proved right. So he wants, he wants us to let him know what we know about the situation and that how good God is and what God has said. So a lot of times if I'm in a, in a prayer situation, I will, I'll, God, you remember you told me this and I put him in remembrance of that, what he has said, because he said to do that. So I put him in remembrance of that. And so that's what Jehoshaphat was doing. He was exalting him as Lord, but he was also e e declaring the power and the might are in your hands and you're well able to take care of this situation. He was exalting him in the midst. Verse 7, Didst thou not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants? Again, he's continuing to do this. Of this land before thy people Israel, and give it to the descendants of Abraham, thy friend forever. <laughs> See, Abraham was declared his friend forever. So Jehoshaphat knew all this. He said, God, I'm just going to remind you of what you've done, and this is what you've said, and this is what you've done, so I'm just going to remind you of that. 
And they lived in it and have built thee a sanctuary, verse 8, for thy name's saying. Um, let's see, I just want to make sure I have it, yeah. So he's continuing, verse 9, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before thee, for thy name is in this house and cry to thee in our distress and thou, and thou will hear and deliver us. Amen. He's going to hear and deliver us when we cry in, in the midst of our distress. And that word there could be shriek, which is it's a piercing sound, you know, which made me think of groaning and travailing. Anyway, we're not on that subject, but, you know, he, he uh, cried. He cried to thee in our distress, and you said you would hear us and deliver us. Amen. Uh, let's look at um, Psalms 34 in connection with that. Psalms 34. Um, there's a number of different scripture verses that we could um, use, but we're going to do Psalms 34. It's got several that are really good. So um, right in the midst, 34, we're going to start with 15, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Verse 17, the righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all, delivers him out of them all, all of the afflictions, not just one or two, but all of them. So we can bring that before the Lord when that great multitude is coming at you, amen? You said, you said, did you deliver me out of all my afflictions? Put that, put, put the Lord in remembrance of his word, and that's what you can use when you talk, start talking to him. Um, also in Romans 8, we don't need to turn there. It says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? If God's for us, who can be against us? And then um, 1 Samuel 17, um, I like uh, David's confession there. Well, let's just turn there, shall we? 1 Samuel, as long as we're looking at all of these. 1 Samuel 17, verse 46 and, it, and I'm not going to teach on the whole thing of David because that's really good. But this, just this verse 46, this is David's confession. And um, this day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head from you and I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Amen. That was David's confession to Goliath. And so and, and when God is backing us in the midst of a, a trial and a situation, then and we walk out of victory, who's going to get the glory in that? God gets the glory, doesn't he? God, God gets the glory when, we, when we're able to walk it out in, in victory. So I, um, I left you with the first one. The very first one was to set your mind on things above if you're, if you're taking notes. The second one to walk out of victory is to be careful or be anxious. Use your, your prayer, casting the care of the whole situation on the Lord and taking no thought about. The third one is to pray in the Spirit and let the Holy Spirit um, be your helper, Okay. And then now the fourth one is what we just got done talking about is confession. Is the making that confession as David did and, and, and um, also putting God in remembrance, but the confession, how good God is 
and what he has done and what he's told you and what he has showed you. All of those things are, should be a part of your confession. Um, Habakkuk said to record the vision even though it tarries to wait for it. So we need to um, record the vision even though it tarries, we're to wait for it. And while we're waiting, we just continue to confess and thank the Lord that he has given us those things that he's promised. Amen? Okay, so now we're, we're back in um, Chronicles 20. Let's see. Um, okay, after the confession one, then is, uh, the, the next one is um, to know what God's will is to know what God's will is in the situation that is coming against you. And sometimes the enemy can be so deceptive, so deceptive in the midst that you aren't sure. But you really need to find out what God's will is in the midst. Amen? That's, that's the next thing is to find out what God's will is. Okay? Um, let's see. Let's look at verse 10 then in Second Chronicles 20. And now behold the sons of... Let's see... Well, let's back up to, um, I think I did eight, but let's start with eight. And they lived in it and have built thee a sanctuary there for thy name, saying, Should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before thee, for thy name is in this house, and cry to thee in our distress, <clears throat> and thou wilt hear and deliver us. Verse 10. And now behold the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou didst not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, they turned aside from them and did not destroy them. And if, um, Israel was told by the Lord not to destroy those that are coming against them now. And so, so he's just, again, telling the Lord, you told us not to destroy them and we, didn't, we obeyed you and we did not do that to them. Amen? And so now look what's going on. They're coming against us. And so they're just, again, reiterating to God what's going on. Not that God doesn't already know, but, you know, we need to make that clear to him. Um, you know, put him in remembrance. Anyway, verse 11, Behold, how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from thy possession, which thou hast given us as an inheritance. Drive us out of our possession. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy and everything that, the, and that God has given you in the inheritance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the devil wants to come and steal. He wants to take what you have been given. He wants to steal your possession. And behold, verse 11, behold how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out. They want to take back, take back what God has already given us. Well, that's where we're going to start seeing it's important that we stand in the midst Verse 12, O our God, will thou not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But where have they got their focus? But our eyes are on you. Amen? Our eyes are on you. And um, they recognized that this great multitude, there wasn't anything they could do. Their, their hope was in what God could do for them. So they were looking to him. They had been seeking him. They were looking to him. They weren't looking at the multitude or the situation. They were looking at him. Amen? They were looking at him. Um, let's look at Hebrews 11.6 with this one then. Hebrews 11.6. 
it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So that's the next step. After knowing God's will in the situation, you must believe that God is and he is a rewarder. You must believe that he is and he's a rewarder. Okay? And you'll see, um, you'll see that here as we continue to, to grow through these. Um, I had down, I was just reminded of David and Ziglag and how everything was against David and he encouraged himself in the Lord. But he, he um, after the Lord told him what to do, he was able to get back everything, everything. So, so wherever you're at in the midst of the uh, great multitude that's coming against you, wherever you're at, you're still well able to get back everything the enemy has been stealing from you. Amen? Or wants to steal from you. You're well able to get that all back. So, okay. So, verse uh, 13. And all Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Verse 14. Then the, in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Metaniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. And he said, listen, all Judah and the heavens of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, listen, this is the word of the Lord that has come to me. Now, remember in the Old Testament, it's just the prophets, the kings, and the priests. Okay, so the word of the Lord came to Jehaziel. And, and he said, King Jehoshaphat and everybody else and all the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. So we're not to fear again. He's talking to the whole of the whole group of people and Jehoshaphat as well. Do not fear or be dismayed or discouraged. We're not to be afraid or discouraged because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Amen. That is so good. It is God's. So everyone is to everyone was to listen to Jehoshaphat's prayer in verse thirteen and then fourteen. The Spirit of the Lord came and we, we have to we have the help of the Holy Spirit. We have the help of the Holy Spirit. They didn't, but they were depending upon what the prophet was getting, was saying to them and what Jehoshaphat was going to do about the situation. Okay, so verse 14 then. Let's see, 15, I'm sorry. And he said, listen, all Judea, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. I mean, if you can, if, if there isn't anything else you remember from what we're sharing tonight, write the underline that. Do not be afraid or dismayed. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Okay, because of the great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. And so it's it's I know that it's really difficult in the midst of a great multitude coming against you to not be afraid and to cast the care and and to not be discouraged. But I'll tell you, those things right there will just stop it all up right there. Fear will stop the will stop anything from happening that God is trying to do. So, and you open the door, if you are afraid, you open the door to make it worse. Amen? And so, discouragement is, is all a part of all of that at the same time. So, it's really important to get your foot 
and get fear under your foot and get your foot on the devil's back. Fear has no place because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So you put fear under your feet, and then do you, what you do is you want to um, uh, receive the power, the love, and the sound mind manifested right now in Jesus' name. It manifests right now in Jesus' name, power, love, and a sound mind. Okay? And so then, let's see verse... Um, uh, do not fear, be dismayed. That is so important. I'm just checking to see if I'm done there. Okay, verse 16. Tomorrow I'll go down. Oh, here, this is why I was going to say. I knew there was something else. Do not fear or be dismayed. That when you're in fear and you're discouraged, you're in yourself. And how are you ever going to hear the instruction from the Lord? Because see, in verse 16, the Lord's getting ready to give you instructions as to what to do. So if you're caught up in fear and you're discouraged and you're dismayed and you're woe is me and you're in your bunch of self-pity and, you, and uh, everything, you know, how are you going to hear what the Lord tells you what to do? Because see, if you've been praying in the spirit, if you've kicked fear out of the way and you're praying in the spirit and you're worshiping and you're seeking the Lord, he's going to give you instructions to walk out your victory. He's going to give you the instructions. And so that's really important for us to be in a place where we can hear. So verse 16, it says, tomorrow, this is, this is what the prophet is saying. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. And he's saying that again. You, just, you don't need to fight, but you need to station yourselves Stand and see the salvation of the Lord or the deliverance of the Lord. Stand and see the healing of the Lord. Stand and see the prosperity of the Lord. Stand and see the deliverance from drugs. Stand and see, okay? Stand and see. Um, verse 17, you need not go fight in the battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Again, here we go again. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them for the Lord is with you. And again, he was telling them, do not fear or be dismayed. So see, he said it. Well, he said it twice to the congregation and um, Jehoshaphat himself. But it's so important and he's making an emphasis on that, that we're not to be afraid or be dismayed. To go, to go out tomorrow, or to go, tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before that Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites from the sons of the Kerites and the sons of Kerites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. Okay, um... Um, let's see, in verse, verse uh, 17, what we just read about there to stand means to set yourself against, set, in, in, uh, endure, remain, to stand, take one stand, uh, be in a standing attitude. You know, you can stand like this, but you're at your mind needs to stand against it as well. You need to have a standing attitude, not wavering up here. Back and forth, back and forth. 
you know, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man in all his ways. So you want to stand with a standing attitude, uh, endure, persist, be steadfast, um, and hold your ground. Hold your ground. It doesn't make any difference if it looks worse or not. You hold your ground. If God has promised it to you, then that is yours to have. I mean, just simple, black and white. You hold your ground and you continue to do the things that God has told you to do. You worship, you pray, you confess, you fast, you do those things and you hold your ground. That's how you hold your ground, by doing those things that he's said to do. Amen? And we have the Holy Spirit who's gonna give you the play-by-play action if you spend time with him. He's going to give you the play-by-play action. He's going to show you exactly the next step you need to take, just like he's going to tell them what to do here too. Amen? Um, uh, Sometimes, and I I had another thought there too on on the fear why he was telling us so much to, to not be afraid and not be discouraged. Sometimes when that great multitude comes against us, and we get fearful. We tend to have fear on a higher pedestal than we do the Lord. And so it's important that fear is not on a a greater pedestal than the Lord. We gotta get that switched around. Jesus, Lord, God the Father, needs to be Lord over fear. (laughs) Fear is under our feet. The name of Jesus is is, um, um, greater than the name of fear, amen? But we tend to do that. I mean, you all can think of a situation, I know, where you tend to put, you, you have put um, fear on a pedestal, amen? Okay, all right. Um, let's see, verse, uh, after they were worshiping, um, verse 20, and they rose early in the morning and went out by, to the wilderness of Tekoa, and when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. Amen? Put your trust and you will be established. Um, I had, um, let's just, well, you don't have to turn. You can if you want to. Mark 11. And you all probably know this scripture verse anyway. You all do, don't you? No. <laughs> Mark 11 which says, verse 22, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it shall be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they shall be granted you. So basically in verse 21, Jehoshaphat was saying that, um, or verse 20, he was saying that to all the inhabitants, put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. In verse 21, and when he had consulted with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. God is good, amen? And verse 22, and when they began singing and praising the Lord, 
the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Amen? That's what happens. That's what happens when you stand and not look at the great multitude, but you stand against the schemes and tactics of the enemy. That's what happens. Uh, and you praise him. God inhabits our praises, so the praise brings confusion to the enemy's camp. And in, in that confusion, they end up beating themselves up or they squeal like a pig and run off or whatever. But you can do all that in prayer. You, I mean, it's all part of prayer. I mean, the whole thing we talked about is all part of praying. But, but you start praising the Lord and you're going to start causing the enemy to get nervous and to scatter. He's going to make a misstep and you're going to see your next step that you should take. And, and so it brings confusion to the enemy's camp. And I just want you to see, because uh, we talked a little bit a, uh, ago about when um, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy, that you have a right to get those things back. And see what happened over here in verse um, 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things, which they took for themselves and more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil. Three days it took to get the spoil. Amen? And so that is such an important um, important part of, of... I mean, that's not necessarily... But that's what you can expect. That's not necessarily what we're going after, but that's what you can expect. You can expect the Lord to bless and return and give back. Amen? Amen? <clears throat> okay, so... Jehoshaphat then was able to rest in the rest, uh, I think, 25 years or whatever it says there. There was nothing then that no more came against it because, <laughs> this, is, this is so neat, because everybody got scared. They knew the Lord was on his side. And so um, the enemy just left him alone. So he had rest all the rest of the time that he was able to be king for for however long it says there. Anyway, I just wanted you to see, I don't know, where did I stop in giving you the points? I, for, I had them circled, and I had them... Um, okay. Uh, confess, we, we did that one. Uh, know, know God's will. Believe that he is a rewarder. Listen for God's instruction. Listen for God's instruction because he will give you instruction in the midst. Um, like if you're, uh, you know, we've heard this before, but I'll just use me as an example. You know, I, I knew there were some physical things going on with me, and I was asking the Lord for wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and I started hearing, cut back the sugar, cut back the sugar. I don't want to do that. Cut back the sugar, you know. And so, so he will give you instruction. He'll tell you, you just um, um, need to listen. That's, that was the, listen, listen. Listen for God's instructions. And, and again, that's where I said, if you're, if you're so busy in your mind with the fear and the discouragement and the great multitude, it'll be hard to hear those instructions. You have to quiet yourself down. Get before the Lord and be quiet. Okay, um, stand was the next one. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord, the deliverance of the Lord, and then worship the Lord. 
again, worship the Lord. Actually, through the whole thing is worshiping the Lord and giving him glory and honor because he is worthy of that. Amen? He's worthy of that. So I believe that is it for me. So, Father, we just thank you for your word that is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you, Father, that it does not return void. But, Father, that these steps that you have given them tonight, Father, that they will uh, be able to put them to work and accomplish great victories in their lives, not being overwhelmed, but being the overcomer that you have made them to be and more than a conqueror, well able, Father, to walk out any, any situation in Jesus' name. We just thank you, Father, for your help of the Holy Spirit. We love you, Father, for, for giving us the help of the Holy Spirit and for setting us, through, setting us free through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.